Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So in Bible study... Throughout the week, we've been studying the book of Ephesians. And last week, we covered one of the verses that well-known to people that we like to, you know, reference quite a bit. It comes from Ephesians 3, 17 and 19, where it says, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width, the length, the depth, and height to know the love of Christ, which passes which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And as we're chewing on this verse during Bible study, it's a very powerful moment, at least for me. Because as we're talking about it, we're talking about, well, what's the significance of being so rooted and grounded in love? Right? Why does St. Paul go through such great lengths to describe how much time and energy we should be spending in order to be rooted and grounded in love. Right? Why is that so important? And what we're saying in Bible study is that being alone stinks. Being rejected stinks. Right? And when we follow Christ, what did he promise will happen? They will love you and take you into their homes and make you a nice breakfast. No. Right? They will hate you because they hated me. They will reject you because they rejected me. Nobody likes rejection. Nobody likes that fear of being alone. Nobody likes being outside of everybody else. Yet he was, St. Paul was saying, we need to be rooted and grounded in love because when we follow him, what will happen? We will be rejected. Right? We'll be on the outside. The words that we preach won't be received. And that's a difficult place to be. And if we're going to be in that place, and the, oh, sorry, the only way we will be in that place is if we are rooted and grounded in His love for us, which doesn't change. It's stepping into understanding what it is to be the beloved of the Lord. And it's important that we do this, right? That all of our spiritual exercises go, in re, go into reinforcing that we are His beloved, that we are rooted and grounded in His love because as Christ walked this earth, He was very bold. He was bold in how He lived. He was bold in what He said. And being believers in Him, we are called to the same boldness. Right? But we do so knowing that there will be a rejection, but we will always be loved and accepted. That we will always be His beloved. And when we stay in that place of being His beloved, and we hold firm in that ground by being rooted and grounded in His love, what does it do? It, is allow, it allows us to grab hold of the promise that He gave for us. Right? Which in, in uh, the Hebrew epistle of today, we read this verse. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. 
right? The road before us is hard. It's hard walking this earth. It's hard navigating the social complexities of today. We're always on pins and needles. And yet, amidst how difficult it is today, what does the Lord say? He says something very, very polarizing. As he was talking with his disciples in John chapter 14, the gospel of today, he says, Jesus said to them, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Right? I am the way, the truth, and the life. He's kind of narrows down all the ways to walk in this world. And he says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Right? What we hear out there is what? Pluralism. This idea that like, there's many different ways, there's many different beliefs. There's many different gods, right? March to the beat of your own drummer. This is the world that we live in. Yet Christ comes back then, and it applies today, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. How many of us, in having sensitive conversations with either friends or coworkers, pull out this verse in the middle of our conversation and say, oh, but Jesus said he was the way, the truth, and the life. Right? That's a hard verse to pull up. Right? It's not an easy one to bring up into conversation. Because what does this verse imply? There's one way. <laughs> There's one way. It's a bold verse. It's a bold statement of the Lord. And so what I want to work through today is to say, okay, well, what did he mean when he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life? Right? And so let's first take the way. And I'm going to pull this uh, uh, quote from St. Basil the Great when he was talking about the perfect way. He says, We understand the way to be the road to perfection, advancing in order step by step through the words of righteousness and the illumination of knowledge, always yearning for that which lies ahead and straining towards the last mile until we reach that blessed end, the knowledge of God with which the Lord blesses those who believe in him. Right? So St. Basil here is describing the life that we choose to live, that our actions in this world right, are important, and our actions are in pursuit of our relationship with him. That every action that we take draws us closer or takes us away. Right? There's no like middle-of-the-road action. And when we pursue after God, when we grow in our knowledge of Him, then we take actions that bring us towards Him. And the summation of all these actions, summation of all these decisions that we make, lead us to this one place, which is the true and intimate knowledge of Him, which is our union with Him in the eternal life. Right? That's when we really understand God. That's when we truly know Him as best as we can being a created being. And he made this possible, how? Through his son. He opened the door for us to live this life, but not only to live this life in the way that he lived it, but to make that final step from this world to the next. He opened up that pathway through his incarnation, through his death and through his resurrection. And on this Thursday, his ascension, he opened up the way for us. So he created the way, not just the way to live, Right? the moral standards by which we live, the virtues that guide our life, but the actual way to heaven. He opened that up. But as he lived on this earth, he said, go and do likewise. 
right, with his disciples. One of the last things that he said, he washed their feet. And he said, see what I've done to you? You go and do the same. So the way that he's, the way is both how we live, but also quite literally the way to heaven came through him. St. Peter reaffirmed this in the epistle today. He says, above all, keep fervent in your love for one another because love covers a multitude of sin. Be hospitable to one another without complaint. As each one has received a special gift, employ it in serving one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Right? As he has given us different gifts, what are we supposed to do with it? Pour it onto somebody else, which is what he did. He had the gift of eternal life. And what did he do? He poured it on the world. Let's go to the next part, the truth, right? One of the greatest challenges when we look at the person of Jesus Christ is to believe that truly he was the son of God, right? His ministry of healing the sick, of performing miracles, of the teachings, of the confrontations with the Pharisees, rising others from the dead, and ultimately rising himself from the dead, it was all to prove to us that he was truly the Son of God. And people still had a hard time then and now to believe that Jesus Christ, the man who walked, was truly human and was the only begotten Son of God. And in the Gospel of today, he says in, in verse 11, he says, Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Otherwise, believe me because of the works themselves. Look at everything that I've done. Who else but God could do these things? And this is important because what do we say in the first point? The way that it was, yes, he created the pathway and the way to heaven, but also he taught us the way to live. And that way to live is very countercultural and goes against society. It's a very bold and powerful way to live. If you're going to live in the way that he called you, wouldn't you want to know that it was based on truth. When you make decisions in your respective fields, do you make the decisions based on truth or based on hunches? You want to make decisions based on truth. You want to make a decision based on, ah, this is how I feel. We've seen how that goes. It always goes poorly. Right? But when we make decisions based on truth, we're doing what's right. And so if we're going to base our everyday decisions based on the way that he told us, the way that he taught us, the way that he exhibited, don't we want to do it knowing that truly he was the son of God? St. Ambrose said, If they say that the Father, is, the Father alone is true God, they cannot deny that God the Son alone is the truth. For Christ is the truth. Is the truth, then, something inferior to him that is true? What St. Ambrose is saying is that if he is truly the Son of God, then just as we would look at God and say, he's all-powerful, he's all-knowing, then Jesus carries the same. Because truth can only be truth. Okay? You can't have shaves of truth. You can have the truth. And Jesus Christ was the truth of the Father. And he said to his disciples, if you've seen me, then you've seen the Father. And the last one in his statement, the life, 
right? Jesus is talking about salvation. Jesus made our salvation possible because he took on our humanity, right? Through his incarnation. And as we're going to celebrate on Thursday, what did he do with our own flesh? He ascended with it. He took our physical bodies, right? And ascended into heaven. And he put us at the right hand of the Father. So he created the whole pathway for us. Every step. We look at it and say like, well, how can a human die and rise again? Well, Jesus did it. Okay, well, how can a human ascend from this world to the next world? Well, Jesus did it with the flesh. Right? We make a big point to emphasize that when he rose, he rose in the flesh. That when he ascended, he ascended in the flesh. Because if he didn't ascend in the flesh, and if he didn't rise in the flesh, then what we have, or what we believe, doesn't work. It's only because he did it in the flesh. With our physical bodies, our true human bodies, that we're able to enjoy what he has prepared for us. Right? And in the gospel of today, it says, In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way and where I am going. Nothing of what the Lord captured in this simple verse. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Was quiet or calm. Right? It was bold. It was strong. Yes, it was polarizing. And because it was polarizing, people hated and rejected. Which is why when we stand that strong, we shouldn't be surprised when we get the same backlash. But our ability to stand the backlash comes first in our ability to be rooted and grounded in his love. To spend time knowing that when they reject me, but I come to you, I'm not rejected. I'm accepted. It frees me up to do what is right. It frees me up to follow the truth, to live the way that he wanted us to. Each one of us faces a difficult situation where faith is being challenged, where we want to lean towards covering it a bit, or sugarcoating it a bit. And there's nothing wrong with that struggle. Okay? There's nothing wrong with you or me, because I struggle in the same thing. There's nothing wrong when we struggle. But what I want us to focus our energy towards, is when we are struggling, we have uncovered a part in our lives where we question and wonder, am I truly the beloved of the Lord? If I come back and I root and ground myself in his love, then I will be able to stand strong. So when we struggle, it's okay. It's an opportunity for us to go back and to reaffirm what is the height, the width, the depth of his love for us. To be rooted and grounded. Because when we are grounded and when we are rooted, then we're able to withstand a little bit of rejection. Because we know that this world's rejection is passing. But his acceptance is eternal. His love is unshaken. The way he looks at us as a beloved Never, never wavers. And that's how we stand strong. And that's how we live out this verse. 
right? And we preach this verse strongly, not obnoxiously. You can be bold and quiet at the same time, right? You can be bold and quiet at the same time. The Lord wants us to be strong. He said, when you're feeling weak in this, come back and reaffirm to yourself that you're rooted and grounded in my love. No matter who rejects you or how they reject you, I won't. So let's capitalize on all these opportunities where you feel weak and being strong, right? To reaffirm our love, our love from Him. And glory be to God forever. Amen. This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.